We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why... When it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to a special edition of the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Today, we have got for you audio from interviews we did with 1996 legends from the Diner Sports Dynasty event that Scott and I attended back in August. Uh, Scott... That was a pretty cool event that we attended. I know we've talked about it at length, but the fact that we got these interviews with five key members of that 96 team was pretty freaking awesome. It was awesome. The The guys were extremely nice and just uh, just open to uh, to talk to us you know, for a few minutes each and answer the questions that we had for them. I thought uh, you, you actually did the interviews on the mic. Uh, I was the guy going up and like, meeting the person and then introducing you and we had rich kaufman who was working uh you know one of the cameras and my brother who was there was working another camera we had like this this like system going on throughout the uh when we got to this event it was it was pretty awesome it was the first time we had done anything like that too which was really cool 
it, for the first time that we did anything like that, it shockingly went really well. It went it went extremely well. I mean, and it was, I think what for a, it was like fifteen minutes, maybe twenty minutes that we went boom, 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 boom. We just went and started going. We just worked the room really fast, and uh, it was fun. I think the only guy we we uh, missed out on was Mariano Rivera. And he was he was he like was the, untouchable. He was like the Wizard of Oz. He was the guy behind the curtain. No, he wasn't. He didn't even come out until the the actual event started, and we got there a little early. Um, so yeah, it was so, a lot of fun. It was definitely cool talking to these guys. Coming up, you'll hear audio uh, from the interviews I did with Doc Gooden, Tino Martinez, Cecil Fielder, Jim Larritz, and the one and only Andy Pettit. Uh, but before we do that, Scott, think back twenty years ago. You were what, like fifty seven at that time. And, I was 43, uh, right? 43 years old. And yep. Yeah, I was going through my second divorce. Yep, yep, yep. What were you doing on the night of October 26, 1996? Oh, you, so I don't remember what I was doing that exact night. Besides, I do not remember. That was an iconic moment in Yankees history. <laughs> I remember the night. I remember. I guarantee. Look, it's very simple. I was probably sitting at home in my den on my couch as a sophomore in high school watching the game. That's what I was doing. I guarantee Ooh, it. That's I a mean, boring story. That's exactly what was happening. Um, but, uh, you know, that, that series and that, that year was just so special because it was, it was the beginning. I mean, it was the beginning of everything for, for the Yankees in that, in that huge run that they had, obviously. Um, for me, it was – I've talked about this in the past and how it was a, a bittersweet start of the year just because Mattingly, who was my guy, who was my favorite Yankee uh, and my favorite baseball player when I was a kid, uh, had retired and – you know, Tino Martinez, who came over from Seattle, was was the guy taking his place. It was very bittersweet at that time. Granted, he 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 won our hearts uh, in the end, but it was uh, it was a tough pill to swallow, I think, in the beginning of that year. But it just got so magical, and the fact that uh, we went down 2-0 and and came back, it was uh, it, uh, what a hell of a year. You were in college. You didn't go out and celebrate. I just told you I was a sophomore in high school. Oh. I was I was 16. Oh, that's what I'm saying. That's why I was probably sitting at my couch in my house doing nothing. I thought you were in college. Okay. I, oh no, I, I would have had, I would have had a better story. Yeah, and I definitely wouldn't have remembered it then. Well, I was eight years old, and uh, I remember that whole postseason run. My dad was basically sitting me down in front of the TV watching with me. I it's honestly 96 postseason is the first baseball memories I have. I don't really remember the 95 playoffs, although I assume he did the same thing and put me in front of the TV. But I remember my cousin was sleeping over my house on the night of game six because I believe it was a Saturday night. And um, we were both sitting on the floor of my living room and uh, my dad was going bonkers when Girardi hit that triple. Like I remember it vividly, Girardi's triple, watching that on my TV in my, in my living room. Uh, amazing memories. And I honestly cannot believe it was 20 years ago. I feel old as hell. I can only imagine how you feel. But well, I have, I, I can feel old for uh, for the next what, four or five years when we talk about all these championships. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, two years from now is going to be the 98, and then the 99, then the, yeah. the 2000. Can't it's funny because that, I actually uh, do remember where I was on the when I was in college. That's that's kind of funny. I do remember where I was for all those all those uh, those series, but not '96. I just have to assume I was. It was like every other night in high school. You know, you're at home. But um, I can't wait for 2029 when we do the 20th anniversary of the 2009 championship. That'll be good stuff. Alex Rodriguez will be a king in New York again. There we go. All right, guys. So uh, enjoy these interviews, and we will talk to you guys next Tuesday. This is Bronx Pinstripes with the one and only Doc Gooden. 
Doc, what was it like seeing all your 1996 teammates on Saturday at the stadium? It was great to see those guys. And one thing that hit me right away, I was talking to Darrell about, when you play on those guys, you don't realize the talent that's on that team. And a lot of guys have sacrificed the egos and put it aside. Because we had a lot of guys on the team that could have been starters on the other team. They put the um, egos aside and came for one common goal. And so guys, everybody's doing well. We're talking about families. And things are complimenting. It's great. So you were on the 86 Mets, a group of young players that won the World Series. At what point in 1996 did you think that those Yankees could win the World Series? You know, when I went to the Yankees in 96, it was my first year over there. Once we started making trades, I thought we had enough guys to be in. Daryl joined us during the season, traded for Cecil Felder, and uh, let's see, you know, Tim Reeves already in. Some guys started coming together. Gene and those guys started maturing. Had it, pitched well. I think we had a shot. I said, if we get to the playoffs, we have a chance to win it. So was it special, extra special for you that you were able to win it in 96 with Daryl Strawberry, one of your best friends, oldest friends, who you also won it with with the Mets in 86? Oh, definitely. That, those type of things don't happen every day. And the win with Daryl, then we have a conversation about we left the Mets. We both went to stay and play our whole career with the Mets. But unfortunately, they want to cut ties and they had every right to, I understand. And um, to go to the Yankees our first year and have Daryl there and win it with him, to be probably the only two players to win with both teams, is a great accomplishment and a great honor. All right, final question. I got to ask you about that no-hitter. Um, what was it like? Take us through that night. I know you were not going to come out of that game after even 200 pitches. <laughs> I'm glad you said that because I remember me and Mel was talking about that. And uh, Mel was there. Mel's a good friend of mine. He was my pitching coach. And I had the privilege to have Mel for the Mets and Yankees. And actually that day, that pitch no hit, I was supposed to fly home with my dad who was having open heart surgery the next day. But that morning, I, I figured he would probably want me to pitch. So I called Joe Torrey, who's the manager. Told him I was coming in to pitch. He tried to talk me into going home. I said, no, I'll be there. And, you know, the first three of that game, I was standing between the walkway between the dugout and um, the clubhouse. Trying to decide if I made the right decision or not. At times, tearing up, thinking about my dad. The sixth inning, I remember looking at the scoreboard to see who was coming up from Seattle. You see no runs, no hits, no errors. The heart started pumping. And then I was able to put my dad inside. The focus was on the game. And the pitch had no hitter, and the team was carrying me off the field. Just reminiscing about the year before being suspended. My dad going to make it. It's going to be okay. Kind of he ended up passing away a couple days later. Yeah. But knowing that the last game we saw me pitch was that no hitter that made it that much special. We are here with Tino Martinez. Tino, what was it like for you to be back on the field with your 1996 teammates? It was the start of a dynasty. Yeah, it was a great time. You know, um, I see some guys over the years here and there, but uh, a lot of guys I haven't seen in 20 years. So it was great to see those guys again uh, and talk about the 1996 team and what we accomplished. Great deal. Can you imagine 20 years later that you guys, that those 90s teams are one of the most beloved teams in Yankees history. Could you have imagined that when you were playing in those days that it would ever come to that? No, we did not. You know, we played it, we won the World Series in 96, and then um, uh, we won obviously three out of four after that, and it was, it was a great accomplishment, but we never realized uh, what we were doing in the meantime. But looking back now, uh, we realized it was a pretty big accomplishment. So do you ever think about the fact that you were on first base when Derek Jeter had his first hit? And it just so happened that that was the first time I'm assuming that you guys met, and then all these years later, you're two of uh, two very good friends, from what I understand. That was the first time we met. Absolutely, yeah. uh, he got the base hit. Uh, I'd heard a lot about him as a top prospect, so I congratulated him. And then, uh, you know, I never knew we'd be teammates and win World Series and become really close friends. All right, final question. Uh, it was hard for you coming over to the Yankees in '96, replacing a, le a legend in Don Mattingly. Take us through what it was like for you and how you sort of—I know you struggled in the first couple of months—how you got over that hump. Well, it was tough, obviously, early on. Uh, Donnie was a great player here, a legend, and um, I knew what I was in for. So uh, I got up to a slow start, and fortunately I had um, great teammates that uh, just kept stood, by, stood behind me and kept working with me, and uh, it got me going. It took some time, but uh, fortunately it worked out well. 
is Bronx Pinstripes with Jim Laritz. Jim, what was it like for you to be back on the Yankee Stadium field 20 years after the 96 celebration, or after the championship for the celebration? No, it was great. You know, we, we really haven't been together like that since Joe Torrey's dinner when we had the 10-year anniversary. <laughs> so it's a lot of those guys we haven't seen for 10 years. And uh, it was just really neat. One of the things that's great about baseball, when you win a championship together, you might not see each other for 10 or 15 years. And when you do, it just seems like yesterday. And I think that's what it was for a lot of guys. You were on the 95 team that had a heartbreaking loss. What was the mindset going into that 96 season? There was a lot of change in the organization. Obviously, Mattingly left, Buck Showalter left. What was it like for you guys going into that 96 season? Well, you know, for me, I was the most tenured Yankee that year, you well, know, which was kind of surprising. Um, and, uh, you know, it was just one of those things when Joe Torrey came in, we had already started building, and he was able to just kind of bring us together one by one and, and make sure all 25 guys were involved and that you know, nobody was left out. And I think the, the way he did that with injuries, with Cone's aneurysm, he really made us feel like, you know what, wh whoever we bring in next will be ready to do the job. Let's just do this together. And you know, talking to Chris Chambliss the other night, one thing Chris said, out of all the teams he's ever coached, that was the most unselfish team that he ever coached. And I think that's why we were, we were so close together. Bronx Pinstripes here with the one and only Cecil Fielder. Cecil, 1996 I know was your first, your your only World Series championship. Looking back on that, what does it mean to you that you that you were able to accomplish that after you came over here in the middle of the season? Well, I always say, you know, 1996, 20 years ago, it's crazy that it's going past that fast, but, you know, we'll always be champions here in the city of New York. You know, no matter what, you know, we're the first of the four, and everybody always remember that team. So, you know, I love it because coming here, now that I don't have to play and I can just run around the city, people stop me, hey, thanks for 96. They always say that. So, like I said, we'll be champions forever. So you came over from a last-place Detroit team. You had such good success in Detroit. Coming over to a first-place Yankees team, how was Joe Torre able to integrate you into the team, and what was that like for you coming into the middle of a pennant race? It was easy. All he had to do was put me in the lineup. I mean, <laughs> it's very easy. Joe, Joe had a very easy job. He had a great group of guys, guys that wanted to go out there and play hard every day. Mariano used to have a saying, we play today, we win today, that's it. And that was basically our motto. If we was going out there to play, we wanted to win. All right, so I want to ask you about the celebration the night of. Out of all those Yankees teammates, who do you think celebrated the hardest? I can't remember that <laughs> so maybe too it was well. You. No, we all did. I don't think nobody went to sleep that night. Right. I think it was one of those nights that everybody, matter of fact, I don't think we came out of the clubhouse until 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning anyway before we got the party started. So we just had a blast. I mean, you know, Charlie, Rock, the kid, Jita. You know, Tino, everybody. We was, we was all together going out, and we had a good time. All right, one final question for you. Let's just say you had a great night, maybe hit two home runs. What are you going to have as a post-game meal? Uh, that did never matter. Whatever they had to eat, shit, I was going to eat it. Uh, but that never I mean, I was, I was going out there to play trying to get somebody every day, so that was just a plus if I did. We are here with the one and only Mr. Andy Pettit. First, I got to give you some credit. You are the best dressed here. So nice job on well, that. You're you. the only one wearing a tie. I think I'm a little overdressed. The tie's about to come off. <laughs> yeah, somebody, somebody told me to wear a tie, and I'm not very happy about it right now. <laughs> well, I'm wearing shorts, so there we go. Uh, what was it like for you on Saturday with your, all your teammates from 1996, 20 years later? I'm sure the time has gone by in the blink of an eye. It has. It, you know, it's always a thrill to be able to get back together with the guys. Uh, a lot of them I haven't seen in in probably 20 years you know so um that that was fun to be able to get together with them to get to ever be able to see them you know what's crazy is even if we've had 10 15 20 years of not seeing 
each other when you get back together it's like you, you never left each other it's, it, it really is crazy so it, it was a lot of fun I, I mean i just think that i think the yankees appreciate them for just doing it they do everything first class they do it right and even being a retired player now they still treat you wonderful and it's just a, it's just a, a blessing to be able to be part of that organization that's for sure so take us through Game 5 after you did not pitch that well in Game 1, the team lost in, that, in the 1996 World Series. Take us through your mindset going into that game. Yeah, you know, I was a young player. It was only my second year, so the, I was nervous. There's no doubt about it, but just wanted to be able to go out there and try to relax a little bit. Game 1, I wasn't able to relax. I put so much pressure on myself, uh, and, and that was the biggest thing. Man, I just... I asked the Lord, I said, man, just help me to be able to relax and go out there and perform. And, and I got into a great rhythm. I had a great peace, great calmness about myself during the course of that game. Even whenever I got runners on base, I just remember I was able to stay, you know, composed and calm and had was able to think clearly, you know, the whole game. And when you're able to do that, it, it, it definitely helps you be able to perform. 20 years later, would you say that's the biggest game you've ever pitched? Oh, 100%. That was, you know, that was... Obviously, that was one of the biggest games of my career. At that point, it was for sure the biggest game. And then, like I've said before, that game has always given me the ability, whenever, anytime I went through struggles, because I struggled mightily in game one of the World Series, and then had to come back and perform. So anytime I've gone through struggles in my career, I was always able to look back at that game, and that was a, bit, that was a big help for me. You see that what the organization is doing right now with all these young prospects. Do you think maybe they have another dynasty in the works, or, or what, what do you see with these young kids? Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to know. I, I mean, you hope that some of them can pan out. Uh, they've got some, you know, guys with an awful lot of talent. Um, one great thing is a couple of them have come up here recently uh, in the last three or four days and, and have had some success. You want to get off to a good start whenever you come up, you know, as a Yankee. Um, and so we'll see. We'll see what happens. I know that's what they're hoping for. You hope to be able to get a nucleus of good young players. And then, of course, they're the Yankees. They're going to go sign free agents. They're going to spend money. And they're going to try to put solid players around them. And then when you're able to do that, you're going to have a chance to compete every year. So uh, hopefully some of these young guys will pan out. And then that, that'll be, that's what they'll be able to do uh, is what they did whenever we were young and coming up, always making sure – that we had veteran guys around us uh, and had great talent around us. And you got to have talent to win. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees.